The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Howard streaks in. Streaks in. Touchdown. Parsons has second. Prescott keeps it. And he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. Hope you're awake and ready to roll because we have some defense to talk about today. It's the Cowboys offense and the 49ers defense in a matchup on Sunday Night Football. That's what we'll preview today. We'll have Isaiah's scouting report in QB vision coming up in about 15 minutes. But until then, we would love to talk to you on the phone line, 888-855-2297. We're not, uh, we, may, we may take one call today, maybe in that final segment, just because this is a different week. This is different. It's got a good feeling around it. If you can't get on the phone line, shoot us a text, 817-290-3298. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing great. Could not complain. I like the jacket, by the way. Thanks, man. Man, we'll mm. run to the pro shop. You feel me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> that, that The pro shop? Yeah. Was that just hanging on the rack, or did they pull it was. that out of the back for you? It was. It was on the rack. They said, so. Nick Harris is in here, and they just pulled it right out of They had, like, a golden bag around <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, something like that. Looks yeah, good. I couldn't quite get the John Machota Classic, but mm. they, they have, like, a whole specific store just for him in there. That is mm-hmm. very kind of them. Yeah. <laughs> the man is wearing Nike on the hat. And he's got the Under Armour on the I will jacket. say this right now. This is probably the only Under Armour thing I own. I am really? hardcore Nike. I was everything. about to say, you usually rock the Nike. Always Nike. Yeah. This is the only thing that I own. I got it for training camp. It fit okay. I was like, all right. Almost did one of those things where you put the tape over it. I'm very loyal to Nike. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I just like really? their stuff. Yeah. And you're wearing, do you know Phil? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. But I'll just, I'll just Phil, I know someone who does. does. I know someone who does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there isn't many days where I'm not wearing either Nike or Jordan brand. One of the yeah. two. So. Yeah. And he's got some of the best shoe game I've Can't ever hide seen. Money, man. Just by the way. Oh, <laughs> our money man. Can't hide it. Uh, did, are you wearing the the quarter zip? It's a little chillier outside. You've got a jacket on. Mm-hmm. You've got the quarter zip. The rain and the cold front kind of came through last night. Instead of being ninety five, it's only eighty today. I think we're done. You think so? I think no we're done way. with the heat. I think, there, I think no there's way. like one more ninety. I think we in might the be done in another week at least. <laughs> so mad. Sneak up in there. Cut my yard before that storm came. I know. Yep. <laughs> so it's just it's wrecked right now. Oh my god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was an umbrella in my backyard whenever I walked out outside this morning just like wanted to check and make sure and there was just like a rainbow umbrella just sitting there nice just right in the middle yeah so i don't know i'm probably just put it right in the middle i'm just picturing isaiah's backyard just being like just this acres of acres it's got a lake yeah definitely not he's got a putting green out there yeah yeah he's got a park to another house <laughs> let everybody know exactly what kind of neighborhood i'm staying in you said what i said we share driveways in my neighborhood do you so yeah yeah exactly that's a regular neighborhood mm. regular little suburban neighborhood okay you got that personal gym in the garage yeah. though i know that's yeah, yeah, not mine his, it's the wife's his uh <laughs> his backyard backs up to uh dax field that's the driveway i never got share. to those checks yeah i never got to those <laughs> checks. he's got like a nine hole par three out back <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome all right nick what's some news and notes around this cowboys team as they continue to prepare for san fran well we'll start on the gloomy side i guess yesterday <laughs> oh. uh being wednesday 
set a season high for the most players on the injury report. Um, granted, there were a couple that were on there just for rest reasons, but let's go down this laundry list. Uh, Damone Clark, linebacker, shoulder injury limited yesterday. Rico Dowdle, who uh, bruised his hip against the Patriots, did not practice yesterday. He was working with the rehab group during the media portion, at least, uh, with Britt Brown, director of rehabilitation. Uh, Chuma Yudoga with his knee that he's been battling for a couple of weeks. He was a full participant. Stephon Gilmore, he was out with uh, for, for rest uh, purposes. And Mike McCarthy had said, I believe it was either yesterday or on Monday, that they're going to start incorporating a lot more veteran rest days on Wednesday. So Stephon Gilmore, one of those. Uh, Peyton Hendershot, who's battling his ankle injury, uh, did not practice. I'm starting to feel like this is going to be a multi-week type deal for him. Um, wouldn't expect to see him on Sunday against the 49ers. Uh, Malik Hooker safety shoulder injury was limited yesterday. That's new. Uh, CD Lamb did not practice yesterday. He was listed as rest, but also a knee injury. So uh, maybe we'll find out a little bit more about that. Hopefully it was just a rest day, as, as we talked about with these veteran rest days. Demarcus Lawrence, veteran rest day, did not practice. Zach Martin, he had, quote, Rest day and a thigh injury did not practice. We did, well, you, you know he he left the game against the Patriots with a quad injury. We'll see how serious that is today. Probably if he if he returns to the practice field, uh, Micah Parsons who tweaked his knee in the Patriots game but ended up coming back into the game. He was limited yesterday, but when we talked to Mike McCarthy yesterday, he said that he's good to go as far as playing on Sunday as of now. And then Tyron Smith did not practice with his knee injury. He also had the rest designation on there as well. Just a few guys. Yeah. So that's like they, one. they added in Hankins like later in the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like a yeah. It was just and it was another rest one. But out of those twelve, I still would say uh, there's only three of them that I would think are in. Can, Thanks, John. It, well, I mean, it's it's twelve. Out of the twelve. Twenty three percent. Yeah, it's twelve. But I'll, I'll I'll be honest with you. I I could be wrong on this, but I don't remember a lot of these rest guys being put on this list before. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? So if you take those away, it's not. It's crazy, but anyway, so if there's 12 names on the list, but I think there's only three that you would think of that potentially couldn't play, and I, I would say that'd be Peyton Hendershot, Tyron Smith, and Rico Dowdle. Everybody else in here, Zach Martin, Damone Clark, yeah. Stefan Gilmore, Malik Hooker, CD, Lawrence, Parsons. I mean, Micah said he was fine yesterday. Yeah. Um, said he was feeling great after getting treatment and things like that. So, and I mean, there's a lot of names in there, but... We would get to talk to CD today, today as yeah. well. So, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll get to hear about the knee and, and whatever that ends up being. That's the first time he's popped up, popped up as a uh, as really any designation outside of just the, the rest of practice, because yeah, I believe he had a rest. Yeah, yeah last uh, week he had a rest day, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Mike said that this was going to start now. I mean, this is a normal thing that there will be veteran rest days on Wednesday and they'll continue that moving forward as the season goes along. But yeah, uh, I mean, and then limited in practice, you you mentioned Damone Clark, Malik Cooker, Micah. As long as those guys are good to go, I think I feel pretty good about it. And yeah. CD, of course, on that list as well. But uh, I mean, for the most part, anybody's kind of concern you just in the fact that they were on the list, period. My number one is probably CD. I think everybody else I kind of anticipated to be on yeah, the list. Yeah, we'll find out more about CD, as you said today. But um, no, not really. I, I would say Malik Hooker was the one surprise for me. But I, again, we'll probably find out more from McCarthy. We had talked to McCarthy about Damone Clark uh, earlier in the week. He said he's good. He'll probably just be limited on Wednesday. So I have no uh, I have no concern about him playing on Sunday as of right now. Um, for our next news and note, uh, Kyle Shanahan was talking to the media yesterday. And again, a phenomenal tweet here. 
here by the, the man next to me, John Mishota. Um And Shanahan was asked, is it tough facing someone that you know so well and he knows you so well? Is it one of those things like he knows I want to do this or he knows that I know a little bit? Shanahan replied, a little bit. But it's different when you're not in the division. At least it's not t- uh, twice a year unless you meet in the playoffs and stuff. I think Dan and I got to go against each other twice here in Dallas, and it's always a huge challenge. Um, I, I we'll get in, get into it throughout the week, and we we touched on it a lot yesterday as far as the San Francisco offense versus the Dallas defense. But Shanahan's definitely talking up this matchup and uh, showed a lot of respect for Dan Quinn in this press availability yesterday. Hmm. Interesting. That's anything? Just, any that, thoughts there? Mm-mm. Just mutual respect. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows it's going to be it's going to be a dog fight. I mean, you heard. I think there was a quote by Trent Williams yesterday that said it's an ice bag game. I mean, you you just know what it's going to be. I mean, the, the the players are preparing for a physical battle, and the coaches are preparing themselves for a mental battle. I mean, it's literally going to be a chess match um, on the sidelines and in the booths, and then it's going to be a, a freaking dog fight on the field between the players. I mean, everybody knows what this means, and they know what this means in terms of um, a temp check, in terms of um, knowing exactly where you stand at this point of the season, how you match up physically, scheme-wise. Um, it's just a test for both teams. I think they're looking for um, – Affirmation as to what they've been doing so far, and Dallas is looking for the same thing. You know, they Dallas dropped one game; they haven't dropped any games. You know, so I mean, it's, it's, this is just a battle, a battle of them dudes, man, going head to head. Yeah, and Dan Quinn, <clears throat> arguably the best defensive coach in the league against Kyle Shannon, arguably the best offensive mm-hmm. coach in the league. They know each other well. That obviously is going to be a fascinating chess match. It has been the last two years, so why would it be any different? Um, kind of a side note on that because you brought up the Trent Williams quote. When Tony Pollard was talking yesterday, <laughs> no disrespect to the Commanders, but I was a little surprised. He was asked about yeah, what, what are the uh, what's another ice bag type game, and he said Washington. And mm-hmm. it was interesting to me because I just don't think of that game like that. You know, mm-hmm. obviously I'm not out there playing, but I thought that was a little. Yeah, I, I, that wouldn't have been the next one that I would have thought of. Off, off I found that interesting as well. I was actually thinking about that this morning. Whenever he said that, I was like, "So when Washington Week comes around, that's going to be my first question to yeah, Paul." Yeah. I was like, "What do you mean?" I, by yeah, that? yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that front seven from Washington has yeah. been good since he got here. For sure. So yeah. I mean, that, if, if there was one strength to that team, it would be the front seven. So yeah. I can see why Tony Pollard specifically he's yeah. looking up and he's seeing Chase Young, Deron Payne, and and those guys up front. I mean, there's guys that he's going to run straight into in yeah. that regard, but. Speaking of Tony Pollard, my final news and note, hmm. uh, we got to talk to him yesterday, obviously. Um, and he, he kind of reminisced on the injury a little bit that he suffered uh, against San Francisco in January in that playoff game late in the second quarter. And if you guys remember, they were driving into the red zone. Uh, Pollard had taken a reception across the middle and was tackled. Left leg got caught up under the defender, broke his left leg, and sprained his ankle. On the very next play, Dak Prescott throws an interception, and they end up going into the half tied instead of going into the half with a lead. Uh, Tony was asked about it yesterday and just – you know his mindset a whole around the whole thing he said it was frustrating especially when I got hurt we were in the red zone about to score on a drive we had a good drive going and then that killed the momentum I kind of felt like I let my team down mm. it hurt and then later in the uh, availability he was asked to kind of dive deeper into that uh, he's like why, why did it hurt it hurt because you're so invested you have so much invested into the season you know you've got goals and you know who you want to be but it hurts once you get it cut short like that mostly I was just frustrated because I couldn't help the team and be out there to get a win so I bring this up just with a sense of him returning to the scene of the injury, um, you know, on Sunday night. I would love to see a big game from Tony Pollard. That would be really, really cool to see. 
what would you classify as a big game? Uh, a big game would be, you know, 100 yards against that defense, yeah. a couple touchdowns. I mean, taking over that game. Uh, we, we've talked about all week about how Dak Prescott needs to take that next step. But what if Tony Pollard does it for him, you know, and they're able to have that facilitation out of the backfield? Uh, I, I think it could be either or. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see if he doesn't get hurt on that play. They go down and score a touchdown, take a touchdown lead into halftime just because they did such a great job in that first half against McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. And really, McCaffrey only had the one drive. It was like their second possession. It was like late in the third quarter where he really kind of gained some steam. Maybe you don't even get to that if you're playing from behind. You know, Maybe maybe you do, and maybe it's a dogfight to the very end. But it just would have been interesting to see what would have happened if, if Tony didn't yeah. get hurt. Do you think at least one more score on the board, and we're talking about OT as opposed to, to where it was at the end of that ball game? Probably. The other factor with the Pollard is that while he has obviously a ton of value this year, on that particular team, I mean, you got to remember, them coming up short there, too, factors into them going to get Brandon Cooks. I don't care what no doubt. says. They yep. needed more help. They need more weapons. So when you took him away it was going to be so tough to replace. And there wasn't, you know, the whole, oh, well, just next guy next guy up here, Malik Davis, Zeke will carry it or whatever. Like, they weren't playing on the level that Tony Pollard was, and they didn't have that other receiver either. You know, there was hope that T.Y. Hilton would keep coming along, and that would, you know, get, you know, and then Michael Gallup wasn't playing like he was the year before. You didn't get anything from Jalen Tolbert. So it was like, really, C.D., Dalton Schultz, um, and Tony Pollard were your weapons. And to it. lose one of those, yeah. man, that was that was a huge blow. Yeah, I mean, by that point in the game, Pollard had six carries for 22 yards, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's nearly four yards per pop against that San Francisco defense. Uh, and he already had two catches for 11 yards as well, so he'd already been utilized in the in the passing game too. Nobody on the San Francisco side averaged more than four yards per carry or even close to four yards per carry. Uh, they were all held underneath that 3.7 mark that Tony had. So, yeah, Dallas did what they needed to do in stopping the run, and Tony Pollard certainly was the weapon that they really needed back in the fold. Let's kind of talk about that a little bit here because – and that was the final news and note, right? Correct. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this Cowboys offense – and the San Francisco defense, because this might be that X-factor matchup. This is going to be what decides this football game, which offense can have the most success against these vaulted Cowboys and 49ers defenses. Isaiah is going to break it down for us when we come back right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. 
That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's also brought to you by Dallas Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan. We've got Nick Harris, John Machota, Isaiah Stanback, Chris Beam in the back, I'm Kyle Yeomans. All right, Isaiah, break it down for us. Cowboys offense versus the San Francisco 49ers defense. We'll start with the defensive side. What does San Fran do well? San Fran is a very aggressive team. Uh, San Fran is very, I would say, probably one of the more cockier defenses in the league. When I say that, I mean that they are fully confident in their abilities individually, and they come together as a team to play very, very aggressive. Um, How can I state that better? Uh, The defensive line does some very unorthodox things in terms of alignments. So you have your traditional 4-3 alignments, you know, your your one technique, your three technique, typically shaded to the tight end or away from the tight end, depending on whether they're going over or under. But these guys sometimes will, will mix with that, right? They'll mess around with that a little bit. They'll go a three technique and a five technique. So they'll leave the middle of their de- defensive line vacant. Um, and it's, it's kind of jarring when you watch it on film because it's like, well, I just run straight up the middle. I don't know, you know, if you're going to be, if I'm coming up and you're going a, a three and a five technique in the middle, you know, the whole middle of the, my guards are almost uncovered and my center is uncovered. I can just work up to the next level. But typically when they do that, they have really wide nine techniques. They want to get wide, right? They want to get, <clears throat> they want to get Bosa outside coming down on your defense. And they want, they want uh, Drake Jackson. They want him outside as well. Uh, but typically when they do that, they're stunning across. Right, so even though it looks vacant, they're coming down hard across your face with um, Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead. Those Mm -hmm. dudes are freaking dudes. Obviously, we know Armstead because we faced him the last few times. And Hargrave just decided to leave Philly and take a trip over to the West Coast um, to join that that outfit as well. And the combination of those two guys is pretty serious. They have a solid front, obviously, um, with those two big fellas in the middle with their movement. They're not doing a ton of stunts. 
right? They're not, they're not like our defense. Most people are used to seeing our defense crossing face, bringing a guy around. That's how they're trying to get. That's how we typically try to free up Micah Parsons mm-hmm. and D Law. We do a lot of stunts, right? We confuse the the offensive line in terms of okay, can you pass off these responsibilities? They don't necessarily do that. They they're either coming downhill straight at you, or they're 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 taking their inside guys and they're trying to cut across your face um, and really try to get some penetration that way by drawing double teams and then freeing up their defensive ends. Um, so that's something that you have to be able to take care of up front. If they decide to come out in that three and five technique, you have to keep those guys outside. You have to know they're going to try to cross your face um, and then they're going to um, Warner and the guys at the second level are going to be coming in like heat-seeking missiles. Those guys play fast, they're aggressive, but they're not very big. So I think as physical as those guys are at the second level, if you can handle the first level, you can run the ball on these guys. I truly believe that. I don't think too many teams challenge them in that regard because they have those two dogs in the middle, mm-hmm. but you can get after them. Now, I say that you whatever you typically do, and this is where it comes in, the positive side for us having not having shown a whole lot offensively, um, Schottenheimer and also um, Coach McCarthy, if you show – if you come out in sets that they're familiar with seeing on film, they will blow up your entire play. And that mainly comes from Bosa. Um, there are literally plays, and we're gonna, we'll break this down on film room this week. Um, I'm going to expose some things defensively on the film in terms of how we can take advantage of them. But Bosa will literally call out what you're doing and, and literally change whatever front they have. He will move his alignment because he knows what the play is. Hmm literally will change the play. Like he will just say, okay, I'm supposed to be outside in a wide technique. Nah, screw that. I'm coming down into a seven. And then I'm going to stun across the face of the tight end and the tackle. And I'm blow this play up, this running play in the backfield and almost just take the handoff from you. So you have to be very on cue in terms of mixing up your, uh, your motions and your formations. If there are things that you want to get to formation, formationally, you can't just line up in it. Right. You have to show some things that they're unfamiliar with. That way they can at least be having their head on a swivel a little bit and make them second guess what their film study has been. Um, So that's really in the in the core. So I believe you can run the ball at them, but you got to you have to be aggressive and get your pads low. It honestly makes me think back to what you talked about offensive line wise in the scheme that San Francisco runs from an offensive front and the way that they pull these guards and the Mm -hmm. way that they have a ton of misdirection and eye candy and the movement up front. And you can see that on the film. But you flip it to the defense; it's almost very similar. It's 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 movement and motion mm-hmm. and things of the sort that just keep the quarterback, keep the the yeah. opposing offense a little bit on their heels yep. before they run their play. Yeah, for sure. But they they're not doing a whole lot of disguising, right? They're not trying to trick you on defense. It's different from what we've seen from teams like Arizona, yeah. New York. Correct. Those two teams would disguise yeah. more. So. It's not it's not a lot of lot of disguise. Like these guys are just gonna line up and just. Hey, I'm better than you, and I'm gonna prove it every play. That's that's their mindset. They don't blitz a whole lot either. They don't. Do they? they do not. They do not. That's what I'm saying. They're just fully confident in. Hey, we're gonna play some base. And so that was pretty much the front seven. Let's take it out to the secondary. They they don't do a lot in the secondary. They want to play man. They want to walk up in your face and say, I'm a, I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna put hands on you at the line of scrimmage. I bet you can't get off the ball before my guys get to your quarterback. That's their mentality, and they do that with Lenore. Uh, what's his name? Dio uh, Diamodor. I don't. Yep. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce his name. My apologies. Lenore, number two, number two, um, and uh, Charvarius Ward. Those two guys, two and seven. Those guys are physical, super physical, physical to the point where I think they take the the mentality of who used to do this. Was it Dennis Seattle? Rodman in oh, basketball sorry. back in the day? Dennis Rodman was like, if I hold you every play, right, they're not going to call a foul. Every hey, play. I could be wrong on this. I I really thought that was Legion of Boom though too. 
Yeah. I really thought Absolutely. the way the Legion of Boom yeah. played their defense in Seattle, it was like, you won't call all of this yeah. with Earl Thomas on the back end and Cam Chancellor yeah, right. and those guys like that, Richard Sherman. Yep. You know. Yeah. So so what we're talking about right now is if I come up and I and, and Kyle's a receiver and I come up, say you're CD Lamb, I come up and I'm Sweet. a I'm gonna hold you, right? I'm gonna grab your <laughs> jersey. I'm a I'm gonna grab you at the line of scrimmage, I'm gonna ride you all the way to the five yards, but then guess what? I'm gonna take it past the five yards. I'm gonna mm. go six, seven yards. And guess what? I might get called once. I might get called twice. Maybe. The entire maybe twice the entire but if it's game. six or seven yards, it's yeah, it's even like, touchy there. But that's what they're doing. Mm. They are when I say riding, I mean literally like <laughs> scared straight, hold my pocket square. Like that's what they're that's what they're doing right now. And they're <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that you show. Went, you no, went right back yeah. into scared straight. Yeah, scared straight. You remember the episode where he made a little kid yeah. hold his hold his pocket? Yeah. He's like, hold my oh, yeah. pocket. Like that's what it like <laughs> that's what they're doing. Pretty, and they're pretty traumatizing moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> So, but that's he literally see, he remembers it much through. differently. Yeah. So, yeah, so I this see is him going through the filing cabinet in <laughs> yeah, his head like, of like, all right, what's the this. reference? What's yeah, the reference? Absolutely. Here this it person. is. Yeah. But this is this goes back to my point earlier in the week where I said that I'm not sure that what we've been doing offensively is offensively is going to work mm-hmm. against San Francisco from the receiver standpoint because if you're running five to seven yard routes, well, guess what? They are holding you for five to seven yards. They're in your hip pocket for. Five, five to, to seven, seven yards. yards. So there's no separation being created unless you can literally just beat these guys off the line of scrimmage. So let's take our fair share. We've been throwing the ball about 35 times a game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So out of 35 passes, if I'm holding you, call it 25 at a time, 25 times, and most of your routes are five to seven yards, I'm going to have a pretty good shot at denying your ability to get open. Right. I know CD worked on his releases a lot this offseason, but based upon running out routes, slant routes, right, little fades, it's not a high probability that I'm going to beat you off the ball a lot, right? So some of these routes gonna, are going to have to get pushed down the way, right? So knowing that, CD, you have to win at the line of scrimmage. B. Cooks, this might be a great game for B. Cooks to be able to get to, to win some. Jalen Tolbert might come into the play this week in terms of having a big body receiver, big physical receiver, but he's going to have to turn on that physical aspect. Um, but these guys want to play man. They want to come up. They want to play man. When they're not playing man and they go too high, it's usually because they're either ahead when they go ahead, they like to go two safeties. They like to play bend but don't break, right? We talked about that with New England. As soon as they get ahead, about a, a little bit or about, probably about 10 points, they play off. They play off, and you can have your way with them. They, they will give yards all day long. You can run out routes, hitch routes, all that mm-hmm. stuff. They'll give you that stuff all day long um, as soon as they go too high safety. It's either going to be cover four or it's going to be a variation – or it's going to be cover six, variation of four and two on the other side. Quick question. Yeah. Um, you're talking about the physicality of the guys on the boundary Correct. specifically. Would it be more beneficial to have a guy like CD that has that really inept release ability and he's added mm-hmm. to it over the offseason? Or would you rather have Michael Gallup, who's got a little bit more physicality, more physicality yeah. on the boundary, throw it up to him and see what he can do? Yeah, I think that you'll have opportunity for some jump balls against these guys. I truly do because their safeties, if, as long as you can keep it out the middle of the field, their safeties aren't going to get too, too involved. The guys that are on the edges, you know, talking about uh, – who was I just talking about? For Ward and Lenore, Lenore. those those two guys, they're they are they 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 don't have a lot of awareness in terms of the ball. They literally just want to grab you and hold you and ride you. Like they take pride in denying you in that regard. They're not concerned about the ball. They're concerned about getting into it one on one with you. So I believe that you will have some opportunities for some jump balls, and you can probably those are 50-50 balls in terms of catching. But once you throw it up there, if those guys are pulling and holding, you have a great probability of getting a flag as well. So I think this is the game to get out of the West Coast a little bit more than we have. To to date because I think you'll have an opportunity for Gallup to get some jump balls, Tobert to get some jump balls, CD to get some jump balls. Or, wait, push downfield. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But to that point, okay, so so that great transition. 
So that's in the secondary. But when when they do decide to pressure, they have a great understanding of your offensive blocking scheme. Hmm. So, so very much so like Dan Quinn. We showed some things a couple, I think maybe even last week, yep. where Dan Quinn was able no, it was Dan Quinn, it was it was New England, where they did a good job of coming up and knowing what you were doing protection wise and drawing your drawing your office alignment to your attention and the fake. linebackers, the head fake, right? Drawing you up and then backing off. They do the same exact thing, except for instead of that guy backing off, they'll line Warner up, right? They'll go those wide techniques, they'll go to three and to five, put both on the outside, put both coming off the edge. Walk Warner up in the middle, okay, draw that guard. As soon as that guard comes to, to Warner, he'll go and literally, instead of rushing, right, instead of rushing and going in the running back, picking him up, he will go and push the offensive tackle off of Bosa. He will do this. Like, as soon as they know there's a five-man protection, instead of rushing, okay, once they draw that guy, the guard goes somewhere else, the running back's supposed to go and take him. Warner literally has a clear shot at the quarterback except for the running back impeding his ability to get there. Instead of taking that rush, he would much rather free up Bosa. So he passes up the rush. He will go and literally push the tackle, right, all his energy, go on that inside shoulder, push the tackle, and Bosa will come off of his butt, and then you have your running back trying to block Bosa. That's what they want to do. So their scheme isn't necessarily get anybody home except for Bosa. Hmm. And their whole schemes are to free him up. He is their game wrecker. So their- it takes a good read from a guy like Warner to, to diagnose that yeah. post-snap. Yep. Once the snap happens, he's got to diagnose, all right, there's a five-man front coming my way, and it's mm-hmm. the running back. And then he's got to make the split-second decision to try and help out 97. Absolutely. Get there and, and, and help out Bosa. And that's why I'm saying from – the protection standpoint and from the receiver standpoint, in terms of your schemes, your passing game, you have to change up what you've been doing. You you have to change up what you're doing. You have to push the ball down the field more. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of contested passes. And you have to change up your blocking scheme a little bit. Otherwise, these guys are going to pick apart and you're going to have Bosa having a field day. Um, you can go out there and chip them. There is some film of guys going out there and getting some good chips. Um but that's not something that you're going to do every single play. Yeah. Right? You think that this is a game where potentially Deck gets out of the pocket more just to maybe buy some time to get some of those receivers uh, more open if there's nothing there or possibly use his legs to run more? <laughs> there are so the weakness of this defense. And again, check out Film Room um, this week because you'll, be you'll be able to see it better. Yeah. Um, when they decide to play coverage, okay, they're playing man. One thing about man is the cornerbacks can't see what's behind them. Right. Once they get their shoulders turned to the side and now I'm running, say CD runs a go, my back is turned to the, the original line of scrimmage. I can't see what's behind me anymore. Their weakness defensively is their second level defenders. OK, their linebackers, Warner uh, and Greenlaw. Those guys are really good. They're fast, they're physical, but they give a lot. They give a ton. So shallow routes, right? Under routes. If you are going to go into the West Coast game, you have to go into your drive concepts. Less of the outbreaking stuff, more of the stuff across the middle because their 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 linebackers end up dropping about ten to twelve yards off the ball. So you got you get you have opportunity to hit B Cooks on a nice little five yard shallow route across the center, get him the ball in his hands and let him run with it, right? But that's how you have to attack these guys. The middle of their defense is weak coverage wise. Um and that's how I believe that you can win against. I think you can run the ball against them as long as you can get up to that second level mm-hmm. and don't let them stun across your face. <laughs> tall task. Yeah, tall task. But, 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 <laughs> but, yeah, but, they, but they do expose themselves when they line up wide. right? Well, as soon as they vacate that middle, you know, okay, they're not going to leave the middle vacant. They're not blitzing up the middle. At least they haven't shown that. right? So most of the time, as soon as I get you in that three and five technique, I just got to keep you out there. 
right? And I need to keep. I need my. I need Martin to be a, take care of his business. I need Tyler Smith to take care of his business. Keep those guys out there and be honest. I need you to go pick off one of those linebackers, right? Just get up to the next level. And in TP, you got to make one of those linebackers miss. Yeah, that's so. It's that easy. Everybody. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks, boom. guys. That's how you win the game. Cowboys are now four and one, and uh, <laughs> we're moving on to, to face the the Chargers on Monday Night Football. I want to go back to one of the the talking points you just you just mentioned with with Fred Warner kind of helping Bosa off of his block. One, how unique is that? Is that something that a lot of teams have done in the past that you've seen? Period. And two, if Dallas wanted to copycat league this thing mm-hmm. and just take this, how well would that work with Leighton Vander Esch, Damone Clark? And trying to free up free up a guy like Micah Parsons. Oh, I mean, it works really well. I mean, it, it, I mean, it, it works really it works well great. because because you're so locked in. So I'm trying to figure out how to how to say this over the air and make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine Bosa outside of your outside of your tackle on the right side. Yeah. Okay. Bosa's outside of your tackle. The nearest defender is in a three technique. So he's inside, right? Inside of your guard. Okay. Pretty much, pretty much. So there's a big gap. There's there. a huge gap between your, between your tackle and your guard. Right. So all of a sudden Warner inserts himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the three technique has to get taken by your guard. So your, your right guard goes left. Your right tackle goes right. Right. There's a big void right there. Warner, instead of running straight towards your running back, who's now responsible for him in pass protection, Warner sprints and literally just puts his weight on the inside left hip of your right tackle. Just runs through the left hip of your tackle. And then it allows Bosa to right. scrape off of that. Absolutely. But where's your running back going? Your running back's going to get who? To the hole. Your running back's going to Warner. Sure. That's right. So as Warner goes to the right, your running back goes to the right. So then there's a huge so hole. So then there's a whole huge hole. So now the person that's responsible for Bosa is now pushed off his mark. He can't get back. Right, and then you have Bosa coming inside with your running back off balance. It's it's a cold combination, but you you have to choose right. And I think what hurts here even more is if Rico Dowdle can't go, because then you're you're relying yeah. on Tony Powell, uh, Tony Pollard down for down, or maybe trying to get Hunter Lipke involved in pass protection. But that's that's a t- that's that's tough. Yeah, that's and, tough. and, and, and that's Bosa just... doesn't need that. No, he, he doesn't. Uh, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. I'm saying, but what if in the game he doesn't need that because he's just routinely winning his one-on-one? Yeah, I mean, and, and this again, this, what I'm mentioning, what I'm describing is just a changeup, right? This yeah. is just a changeup. This is not something Scary. that they do every single time. Yeah. But this is one of the ways they create pressure without blitzing. Yeah. This is how they create pr- pressure without blitzing. They will blitz occasionally. Sure. It's not their thing. And the reason why it's not their thing is because a lot of times they're playing man-to-man. And when you're playing a man-to-man and you're blitzing, you're leaving a lot of freaking gaping holes, right? Big plays happen. So they much rather put pressure with five guys instead of their six or seven guys that they want to bring, right? So they, they're not going to expose themselves in that regard. But again, going back to the film, and we'll highlight this again, the middle of their field is vacant. It's, it's booty, butt, naked, vacant. And the outsides are also vacant. But you got to give your guys a chance to win. You can't dink and dunk on the outside unless you see them playing too high too high safety they're playing cover four majority of the time playing off and inside not even off and outside they're playing off and inside so all your hitches your comebacks all that stuff is just literally pass and catch you just got to make sure you protect to give Dak time to get the ball off that's the biggest key i think is if you as long as you give time to get the ball away and you're able to maybe push it down the field a little bit more things should open up for this offense when we come back though with all of this being said about san francisco defensively who could be in store for a big game on the dallas offensive side and who can take advantage of some of these mismatches when we come back with more talking cowboys right after this 
They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJack black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome into the final segment of Talking Cowboys. By the way, speaking of Invisalign, my final trade. Hey, yeah. I I'm it all right. Nice. All right. Look at those teeth. Look at those, huh? Yeah. You made it. Thank you, Invisalign. Appreciate it. Look at those things. That's just that's just a year, a little bit of change. Yeah, those things are almost change. like fake. They're so perfect. It's nice. I like it. Invisalign. I, w- I will say this is not. They don't pay me any extra money, even though I wish they would. <laughs> the it's the best thing I could have done for my teeth. It was incredible, and it was super easy, not painful. You were diligent. The slightest, cause I, I got next. Yeah, come on with it. Yeah, it was it was great. I, I highly highly recommend it. All right. Back here with Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Chris Beam in the back, I'm Kyle Yeomans. What? I'm like, even now, now that Nick says that this line, they hook us all up, and Kyle's like, dang it, I just paid for mine. <laughs> That'll be the next step. They'll be like, all right, Nick gets it, Isaiah, John, all right. And they'll be like, 
All right, thanks, guys. Close mouths don't get fed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. I see what you did there. See, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like line. That's good. Well yeah, done. You know, I'm learning. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, based off of what Isaiah laid out in that last segment, Nick, who do you feel like has the best opportunity for this Cowboys offense to have success on Sunday? Man, I keep. I feel like I've been saying it three weeks in a row now. Hunter Bra- Lipke, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, Bra- yeah Hunter Lipke, uh, Brandon Cooks. I, I, there's there's going to be opportunities for him. You, you were talking about the speed in the second level mm-hmm. for San Francisco. I like Dallas to speed more, uh, mm-hmm. even. Not only in the second level, but in the secondary as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you can fight off that contact that you were talking about in the secondary, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to get up and downfield and get some big plays, I feel like. Um, but it's, again, b- being able to control things up front. If Dak just has a, a sliver of more time than what San Francisco has provided other quarterbacks so far this season, uh, then I feel like he can do what he can do. And that's that's what this offense is predicated around. We've talked about it so much. But I, I think Brandon Cooks, he has a really good opportunity to finally break open and have a big game. Jerry yeah. talked about that earlier in the week as well. I mean, he was asked on the 105.3 The Fan interview about Brandon Cooks and have you been surprised it's taken this long to get to that point? And he said, no, this is something that I think was anticipated. Part of that is probably a little bit of Jerry just trying to, to pump up the player and give some confidence there. But I, I, I do agree. When you watch the film of Brandon Cooks, He's not losing battles. That's not the point. It's the fact that he hasn't been either in the right spot for Dak Prescott to see him or the the pressure's there from an offensive line standpoint. I, I think I agree with you. I think Brandon Cooks has an awesome opportunity this week to put up some numbers. He may not have triple digits, but I'm sure he could get some more targets. He can reel in a couple more passes and just be more of a productive piece of that offense moving into this, this matchup. I have B. Cooks at between 119 to 127 yards this weekend. That's, well, that's that's not a, a very large nope. window. That's that's a lot. Wow, I do. You want to make a bet on that? I already made a Pete and Tutu two, two, two well, bet. It's your turn. Yeah. It was close. It was close. <laughs> you don't want to go. You don't ever want to no, go full. I, I foresee it. If they utilize him the way in which I know he can be utilized, which yeah. I think they're, I think he's tired of not getting opportunities. I, I mentioned this last week. I said I think he's. Mm-hmm. This, that was the last week where he was like, hey, if I don't get the ball this week, he's probably going to start speaking up a little bit. I think this is a week that he that he has his 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 hello hello Dallas party mm. and and I think from the standpoint of what they do I think CD becomes more of the the decoy this week not to say that he doesn't get the ball but I think this is the game where you're like okay go ahead focus in on CD right we'll, we'll since we're running B cooks on 5 yard routes anyway majority sure. of the time let's go ahead and throw him on a little shallow put him on a short split run him on a shallow because when you go condensed split against these guys they back off that's one thing I didn't mention last segment. When you go condensed splits, they back off because they because they're playing man. They're trying to in and out it, right? And they get confused sometimes. So if you come down in a, in a short split, it's like okay, me and Nick, like all right, all right, here we go. So whoever comes explain, out to me, explain a short split just for those yeah. at home. So like when the receiver's closer to your t- to the tight end, right? Yep. So instead of being all the way out wide out to the sideline, you bring him down like he's gonna. You make it easier for him to get across the field on a shallow route or a drive route, right? So he's closer to the to the box. Um, to the, yeah, that's probably the best way to say it. So he's able to get across the formation quicker. But when you do that, it's it's a lot more difficult to to play lock man, right? Meaning that hey, I have Kyle. All right, you have Nick. Okay. As soon as they come down to a short split, they can crisscross. So in order for us not to run into each other, we now yeah we now have to back up and say okay okay now let's let's sort this thing out right whoever if somebody comes your way you take them if he comes my way I take them but the switch release releases mix all that up and they're trying to figure that out right so as soon as you know Kyle and Nick switch is like okay I got this guy right and I know when my time when I was with Wes Welker Wes Walker would put himself in motion just to figure out who was going to be in and who was going to be out and he would tell me in his motion. 
to switch my my release that we had mapped out. Right, mm. if I was supposed to go inside normally. He would literally run motion and he would he would check it out, check it out, and on his way back he'd be like out 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 out. He was talking to me saying, okay, instead of running your inside release on this route, go outside because I'm about to screw the crap out of these guys. Because, <laughs> because I know they're I, I now know by doing my motion, I was able to, de- to determine who's responsible for me. And since I know who's responsible for me, I'm about to mix them up. And then you were like, no, Wes, this is my time. I'm doing what I want to do. Heck to the knob. Uh, you listen to me, buddy. Yeah. There, there is one play that, uh, going back to, that they've done earlier this season where – Ferguson runs that rub that gets CD wide open on, mm-hmm. on the sideline like that. Um, and they really haven't come back to something like that again. So that interests me also because of just the fact of in those two games against San Francisco, these last two, that's 18 targets combined, eight in one game, 10 in the other for, for Dalton Schultz. Mm-hmm. And Ferguson's coming off of this you know, career game, seven targets, seven catches, 77 yards. I think he's a guy to also potentially have – uh, maybe a surprise game there. There were a lot of opportunities in both those games for Dalton Schultz, you know. I'm excited. You brought this memory back up. I mean, we talked about it after that. It was the first game of the year. It was against the Giants, I believe, when you're talking about that rubber yeah. out with CD that opened things up. Yep. We were saying, wow, the Cowboys as a team have not run the rubber out. They haven't yep. run those legal picks as you would say in the in the nfl pick is not allowed but you can run a rub route you can <laughs> yeah, cer- you have to be right you way. have to be running a route you yep. can't just run at somebody and, and, and you see it them. a lot in the college game where guys are just like right off the snap you're just like you can't just go run out and block they're gonna call it every time but if you make it look like you're running a route to where you're yep. going then yeah they won't call it the but patriots, Dallas has i always an, feel like we're great with that yeah the patriots have always been really good at it i mean there's there's teams i think the eagles do it really well now mm-hmm. yeah. but you also you take what they've done uh the cowboys have done in the past they haven't run those rub routes the same yeah. way and we looked at it in week one and said wow okay here we go the new scheme new new offense west coast here it comes rub routes this is going to be great we haven't seen it since or at least at least to that success yeah. we haven't seen and it I, since and i know people don't want to hear this but the reality is i'm sorry uh and i know i'll see coach mccarthy later he'll probably look at me sideways but they've been saving a lot i feel this is my feeling Okay, um, they went through the first part of this season knowing that what they had was probably enough. And as the game started to play out, they realized that, okay, we don't have to display a lot of the things that we maybe even we already were planning on holding back but now we can hold back even more yeah three of the four games yeah three of the four games yeah. defense bought out yeah, sounds like you read nick at night this week but i mean if you look oh at, yeah is that what it is yeah if you even look at the last few years like the cowboys have gotten off to hot, hot starts and then there just hasn't been something for the answer late in the year. And they've kind of gone in the playoffs not playing their best ball, whereas the San Francisco or Philadelphia at times, they were playing their best ball. So to me, it does make sense to maybe save save some things so that you do have something that's not like, oh, well, we've seen them run that a thousand times in this situation. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what the Cowboys are going to do. That's the great thing about the West Coast offense, though, right? So mm-hmm. as soon as we heard about the West Coast offense, you guys, Kyle, I got super excited because there's so oh, yeah. many things that you can do. Isaiah threw a party. Oh, my West gosh, Coast bro. Party. It's mm. I mean, had in and, uh, no, no, it didn't. They had Whataburger. <laughs> you could run the same concept, right? You could run the same concept 10 different ways easily. And it look and for you, your responsibilities are exactly the same. My confidence level in running the route is is uber high because I've ran this route a gazillion times. I'm not changing what I'm doing. I'm changing the way it looks to you, right? So with that, these guys can do a whole lot. They can do. They can line up in, in, in a in a in a freaking double formation. Mm-hmm. They can shift. They can shift from that. Then they can motion over to a bunch set. I mean, they could do a whole lot of things and run the exact 
same routes. Only thing they're changing is, hey, how we line up, what we shift to, what we're going to motion to. Defense has to figure out a whole lot. They're changing between one call. We're going man. Okay, no, we're going two. Okay, no, we're going back to four. Okay, just, just, just go four. Back up. Okay, cool. We got you. Boom, under route. Let's go. Ten yards. All right, move the chains. Next play. Right? And then you just got to – one thing that Dallas has to do is be patient, be willing to take the little the little small game, right, underneath, be willing to, to play the small game. Don't get into all this talking up front because that front seven is going to talk. Mm-hmm. The front seven is going to do this all day long. That ain't there, and the DBs are going to talk because they want to grab you and hold you. CD has to have the, the highest intelli- emotional intelligence, intelligence that he's had to date because they're going to be in his ear. And they're going to try to get him out of his game. And I think he's working out of that. I think there's only one game this year where you saw him kind of kind of, kind of revert back a little bit. It's to, a loss. Yeah. It's to Arizona. Yeah, well, he was really frustrated, right? Just just be emotionally high, right? And, and just put your blockers on and go on to the next play because these guys want to get you talking. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Just execute your game plan. Just freaking execute your game plan. And I think you would get these guys looking around like, oh, crap, this just got real. Yeah. I love this stuff, man. I really do. I love looking into this matchup and looking at the the little intricacies of what this game can entail because everybody's going to be watching. Everyone will be watching. There's going to be 30 million people watching on Sunday, Sunday night football between the, the 49ers and the Cowboys, but there's only going to be a select few that watch Talking Cowboys and really know what's going on <laughs> and really know uh, how to dissect what's happening on that field at, in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. All right, gentlemen. John? Have fun this weekend. Oh, I will. Yeah? On the, are you excited for, for a West Coast trip? I am. I'm always excited to go out to the Bay. Oh, yeah. See what's See going some on water, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little E-40. Yeah? <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I am You see E-40, excited. tell him I said what's up, man. I will, I do, I will do that. <laughs> I, I will do that. Tell him what's up. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's if good. You, hey, if you go up to E-40 and that. get it on film and you say, ooh, yeah. I will freaking, I'll give you $100. And he just slaps me in the face. <laughs> and he says, don't like, ever do that again. Who are you? <laughs> All right. We'll be back tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. We've got to say it with your chest. Friday, hey. we'll have some under-the-radar <laughs> matchups to keep an eye on, and we'll also make our pickums and update the standings as well. We'll see if Isaiah and I were still tied for the lead in the pick'em <laughs> standings, week, see what's going on. I heard uh, somebody had a good week. Ooh, mm. who was it? Oh, we'll find out tomorrow. We'll find out tomorrow. Hey. I like it. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!